Welcome back, everybody. Tonight, the kids are all right, bar justice, and we're also going to discuss the little versus battle. All this and more on tonight's episode of the Ty Digger Show. Step in and enjoy it, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're going to have a good one tonight. everybody hope you enjoyed your weekend i know i did um my 44th birthday was on saturday as you probably now know um i talked about it friday night uh show um today is july 29th when you wake up and you hear this show it will be wednesday um so let's get into a couple things um first and foremost i want to make a correction of myself from last week um i did a top 10 um list of wrestlers uh singles wrestlers uh friday and Lo and behold, I forgot to include a couple of guys. Um, I didn't include, um, I didn't talk about Junkyard Dog. Um, he should have made my honorable mention. Um, Brett Hart, the Hitman Hart, um, should have made honorable mentions too. Um, I think technically wise, he belongs in the top 10, but it was just something he was missing. And, um, always felt like his stunt on a uh, mad TV was um, a bit much and it kind of like soured him to me. Um, I get you want to defend wrestling and show the world as wrestling's real, but it's only so much that only so far you should go. Um, I'm not going to get into that uh, episode for those of you my age that remember watching it, you know what I was talking about. If you want to um, hit me up, and, and discuss it a little bit. The link is, uh, comes with the episode. We can have that conversation, but I didn't want to stay too far on him. And also, um, I did not mention um, Roddy Roddy Piper. Um, amazing athlete. Um, charisma out the rear end. Um, his charisma, um, his wrestling ability helped the WWF grow um, just as much as Hulk Hogan um, helped it grow. So, I wanted to make sure I included those gentlemen, and I'm pretty sure guys like the Iron Sheik, Sergeant Slaughter, that I did not mention, um, they're not going to get in there. I can't put everybody in there, all right? It's only the top 10. Oh, also hit me up 
at Ty Digger at um on Twitter, Ty Digger One. If you wanna uh give me a list or give me what my thoughts about a top ten on any subject. Well, just about any subject. I'm not gonna rank porn stars. I'm definitely not gonna rank three hundred porn stars. That's a lot. Um I don't have that much time. And actually I don't know three hundred and I'm not gonna do that type of research. So sorry, I can't help you there. Um but if you got a top five within reason that you just interested in hearing my top five of that list, please be free to hit me up and let me know and I'll get on that for you. Um, so we want to move on. Um, speaking of athletes, uh, wrestlers, or not wrestlers, but uh, athletes in general, I want to talk about the high school athletes um, and a lot of the college athletes uh, this week. Um, as you probably know, the NFL is starting back up. Major League Baseball is starting this season. The NHL and the NBA will be starting this season this week. <clears throat> Excuse me. They'll be starting this season, this season this week. And you have a lot of colleges who are canceling fall sports because of the coronavirus. A lot of high school associations uh, canceling their football seasons. Uh, some are in talks of pushing the season back into uh, the spring, which I don't have a problem with. You know, uh, a lot of communities um, actually thrive off of that. A lot of businesses, especially smaller towns, thrive off the high school uh, football season. So I get it. I just want everybody to make sure that when we open things up and how we're opening it up, um, we're talking about the safety of the community at large. Um, My heart goes out to some of the athletes and my heart goes out to them because they did a lot of things right. But it was their parents who just needed to turn up, who needed to get their haircuts, who did not want to sit inside the house for the summer to just ensure that their kids had a season. Um, a lot of these kids, um, and we're not just talking about football, we're talking about uh, a lot of fall sports. Um, some places have women uh, soccer in the fall. Um, fall baseball, um, track and um not track and field, uh, cross country, uh, volleyball. A lot of those sports have just been golf have just been wiped out because again, people are so selfish. Um, we're so selfish, and we don't think about our kids. Our kids need those experiences, and some of those kids will be fine. But um, as a friend of mine was talking about, there's a lot of kids in urban areas who need sports to be able to keep themselves out of trouble. Who need sports just to continue to feel engaged. With the schoolwork, I was a I was a kid who became more engaged with my schoolwork the more that I played sports. Um, before I started playing football, a lot of schooling was just me showing up, going through the motions, and giving my work, and I got decent grades, but I didn't really care. But once I started playing sports, I started caring about my grades. Once I put a goal in my head to play college football, and of course. I didn't, that didn't happen. I embraced it more. You know, um, I put a lot more effort into my work. Um, I, I put a lot of care into where I was going to end up at the high school. And I would I honestly say if it wasn't for sports, I don't have an idea where I would be at right now because I would have never have gained that discipline to be able to uh, work in a corporate America. I've never gained that discipline to be able to uh, graduate from college. 
um, just being able to handle bills and to work with for my family. Like I would never have understood what I needed to do to make sure um, things happen. So my heart goes out to those kids who are not getting their season this year. And I want you guys to understand that I love you. Um, you will be rewarded in the future. Um, this is not all for, this is not for not. Um, a lot of kids are now investing time in the protests that we see going around the country. Um, they're speaking out more. Um, I was talking to a friend from high school um, a couple of days ago, um, actually on my birthday, I was out walking and um, he gave me a call and he's a white guy. And I told him, he, he asked me, what did I think about all this? And, you know, and I told him, it's tough to deal with. It's tough to see. Um, it's tough to see the police do whatever they want. And there's seemingly no punishment. Um, more on that later on in the show. But I'm seeing protests in predominantly white areas, areas um, around the world. I'm seeing pushback from people who don't look like me against the systemic racism. I'm seeing more and more. And it's not a, and is it, can we do more? Sure, we can do more. But I feel heartened by the fact that I'm seeing white folks from all over the country now saying, you know what, this ain't right. Um, this country's been doing this for way too long and it's time for us to change. Um, when you look at the protests going on in Portland, and again, I, I wanna talk more about that a little later, um, you're seeing more white folks, a lot of younger people. So I think the future is going to be all right. Um, we just have to get to that future. We just have to survive the onslaught of the of this regime that's um, trying to trample upon our rights. We have to get through that. And, and I think one day, and I hope I'm alive to actually see it, but I do think one day in the near future, I think my son one day in his life we'll see the change that um that we've been waiting to see that we've been marching to see that we've been fighting for for over a hundred years now um he's going to see that one day um i feel i feel joy in my heart knowing that there's more and more people who are not black that are fighting against issues that are affecting african americans and as i told um the people on the Rock Solid Radio show that we can't stop there. We can't accept a small victory. This victory has to include everybody. This victory has to include women. This victory has to include gay, trans. This victory has to include the poor white. This victory has to include the Latinos. Um, this victory has to include everybody because if this victory does not include everybody, we're going to be right back doing the same thing. And the powers that be are going to be able to justify doing that because we didn't speak up then. So as I said last week, this is not information. This is not a situation I want to hand down to my children and grandchildren. This is something that needs to be ended now within our lifetime. And I salute you young people who are out there making it happen. Um, you probably don't hear it enough, but I just want to let you know that here on the Ty Digger Show, that you are very much supported. Okay, so we're going to take a, a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get into the uh, versus battles that um, happened over the weekend and a potential blockbuster uh, battle that should be happening soon. 
All that and more on the Todd Digger Show when we come back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Before we get moving, um, I want to send a special rest in peace to Mo Gala, the um, Baltimore Oreos, Baltimore Ravens, super fan, um, young man who died today at age 14. Um, he was battling cancer. Um, I lost my brother um, six years ago this year uh, to cancer, uh, December the 10th. Um, December 10th will mark six years since he left. Uh, left our family, but I understand how terrible this disease is and how difficult a difficult time his family is going through and nothing, and I mean nothing that I say would be able to ease that pain. Um, there was nothing anybody could say to me to be able to ease that pain when my brother left. And especially to see a young man die so young of it. Um, children are dying so young. And I don't want to get into a rant here, but um, I want to see more focus on uh, curing cancer. We are spending billions upon billions and trillions of dollars just to fly jets and stuff and to threaten each other with war when we can be just as powerful with creating cures for um, stuff like this. And I know that the cure makes no money, but at some point we need to get away from the idea that we need to make money off everything that we create. Um, the medical field should not be a for-profit field. Education should not be a for-profit thing. Yes, teachers, doctors, people that work in education and people and nurses that work in medical fields, they should be paid well. They should be paid enough to take care of their families. But that payment, that should not come out of the pockets of the people that they're helping, um, especially if we're not going to create jobs to help people to take care of their families and pay their bills and pay their medical uh, situations. A lot of people are born with pre-existing um, conditions and they cannot get insured because of that, because insurance companies don't see them profitable. Um, they see them as a risk and we need to get away from that as a country, as a society. If we're going to survive as a society, we need to create a field. We need to create medicine that can help everybody. Um, people should not be going bankrupt just to protect or take care of a sick loved one. Um, and I hope that we continue to fight until we get that. That's one of the victories I talked about. That's another victory that needs to happen. We need to take care of our own people. People should not be going to college and going into debt. Um, people, We should not be telling our kids to get to go to college if we're not going to provide a way for them to pay for it. Um, I think it's one of the biggest lies. And I think it was a lie that was told to us, to my generation growing up, um, because a lot of people in my generation did not have parents who did attend college. Um, a lot of people in my generation were some of the first or second people in their families to attend college. Um, that time from the 80s into the mid 90s, you start to see a lot of people uh, graduating first time college grads because the parents could not take care of it 
um, the parents cannot go to college themselves because they had to take care of families. Uh, they didn't have the money to be able to attend college. And I just think back to a lot of those sad faces who had to leave college um, to go into the work field or who just couldn't go because they knew they couldn't afford it. So education should not be a for-profit thing. And if it is, we're going to have to find a way to make sure if we're going to tell these kids to go to college, we have to find a way to make sure that we hold up our end of the bargain here. When I mean we, I'm talking about the government, the people that own businesses. We hold up our end of the bargain. Um, we tell people, okay, if you're going to intern, you're interning because we're going to take you on as a part of our, our company. We are grooming you to be a part of our company or be a part of our field. And I don't see enough of that. So, again, I don't want to get into much of a rant. Um, that's not what this segment is about. Um, we're going to talk about the versus battles. Uh, and again, I feel like we're going to be talking about that all summer because there's been some good matchups um, as of late. And Snoop and DMX did a show last week. Um, I talked about this last week. It was amazing um, just to be able to go back into that time. Um, for me, the 90s, 1990 started with me at 13 years old, and it ended um, when we got into 2099. Then in 99, I was 23. Um, we're talking about a person who's going, literally going from middle school. I'm going from middle school, seventh grade, until my senior year of college. My last, well, I won't say senior year. It wasn't my fourth year, but 2000. 2000, 2001 was my last year of college. So when I entered college, it was my second to last year junior. I was a junior when 2000 came along. So that's 10 years. That's a lot of growing up to do. Like the 90s, the music in the 90s was the soundtrack of my life. And, you know, you understand how your parents felt about the 70s. You know, I understand how my mom felt about the late 60s, early 70s when she was coming of age. Um, so I want to make sure I keep that music to my heart and let's listen to Snoop and DMX. And I, it should not, I would be remiss if I don't talk about the fact that they're alive to do this. Um, a lot of rappers that I grew up listening to died because of violent acts. Uh, Biggie, Pac, Freaky Ty, um, Jam Master J, um, or Natural Causes, um, or illnesses, uh, Heavy D, um, Fife, Fife Dog, uh, Sean Price, um, the list um, continues to go guru. The list goes on and on. You know, those people, Prodigy, those people are no longer here with us. And when I hear their music, it's strange um, sitting there and listening to them. Um, Heavy D did a song with Michael Jackson, and I'm realizing both of those men are gone. You know, those men are not here anymore. You know, they just did an entire song together. Um, one of the members of Crisscross was in the video, uh, was in the uh, jam video. He's not here no more. So it is a blessing to see these two men still here with us. DMX looks great, by the way, looking healthy. Snoop, Snoop is defying time. Like, he still has that energy. He still has that raw power that he had when he first came out in the early 90s. So it was a pleasure seeing those two brothers up on stage. Um, moving on, 
there seems to be um, another battle that's gaining momentum, and I think it's going to happen. And Big Daddy Kang did confirm this on his IG um, in an interview with Fat Joe. He would be doing a versus battle versus Rakim, the R. And a lot of people saying this is going to be a blowout, but just like the DMX Snoop Dogg, I'm going to channel my Lee Corso here. Not so fast, my friend. Big Daddy Kane has hit. And he has, there was a time when Big Daddy Kane was one of the biggest rappers in the world. Um, some of you don't remember this, but he did a song with uh, Patti LaBelle, which a lot of people downplayed at the time because they didn't want to see hip hop go into that R&B pop realm. But Big Daddy Kane brought that smoothness to uh, R&B. He's one of the first rappers to uh, pull that off, to pull the video off and not really lose cred, not as far as I'm concerned. So he has hits. And and I think people need to be a little more open-minded. Um, again, I say this as a person who did not like the Nelly ludicrous matchup. Um, I think Nelly is better off against somebody else. I think Ludacris might might have been a tier above him. So it's not so much I did not like Nelly. I didn't love that matchup. And we should be more careful about those matchups. So yeah, I get Styles make fights, but still, the matchup should be something. The guys should be closer in what they um, talk about. So that's one of the things um, to be looking for. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to have my Kangol on, and I'm going to be ready to party. Um, another interesting uh, development uh, Bow Wow not wanting to do um, a versus battle. Now, I'm going to defend him on this this part. He has a right to not want to be a part of it. He definitely has a right to not want to be a part of it. He doesn't want to do it. That's fine. Um, his reasoning behind it, though, um, his reason he tweeted that he's too busy out getting money to be a part of the versus battle. And I think that's, for me, if that's the reason you don't want to do it, I think that's short-sighted because once you do one of these things, I think it puts new folks onto your music because who's on IG? A lot of people who, who might have been too young when your music first came out and the fact they get to go back and listen to it. They might have liked some of your stuff, but they were too young to really get all the way into it. And I think this is a great idea for to bring those fans in. And not even bring those fans in, especially as a rapper from the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, this is 2020. This is the perfect time to bring a lot of fans back. Um, there's so much music that I'm going back to because of these versus battles. There's so much vibes I'm going back to because of these versus battles. And just looking at some of the streaming um, revenue for some of the people who've already taken place in it. Just look at the streaming revenue for people who are being talked about. Um, you're seeing the uptick in streams. And this is something you can do without makeup, without having to get a crew together, without planning concert dates. This is something that's pretty much easy for you to do. And it's something we do all the time. We talk to each other on IG Live all the time. Um, I'm doing a podcast right now. I can get on IG Live and just have a conversation with people. And even little me can get five to 10 to 15 people 
together. Imagine what Bow Wow can do just by jumping on IG Live and playing his old hits. He doesn't have to make new music. Just play your old stuff. Just play your features. So that brings in money. And the battle that they're talking about, him and Soldier Boy, although I, they might be a little too young for me when they first, they both blew up, I think this is a good battle because both of these men were really big at that peak. Um, you're bringing in that 30-something crowd right now, that crowd that was in their teens and their early 20s when both men were big in the 2000s, and you're bringing and you're bringing that crowd back. So I think it's short-sighted for him to for that reason, to not want to do it for that reason. Um, I think it's incredibly short-sighted. Um, before we get to commercial break, though, the big news, um, and I don't know why people are still interviewing Little Bootsy, but Little Bootsy today, uh, not today, but last week, this weekend, talked about how R. Kelly would crush people in a versus battle. Now, get me wrong, R. Kelly has hits. Now, we know he's a Chester. Um, we know he's dirty. We know we don't buy his music. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that his songs, when they came out, did not jam. And there are going to be a lot of people who badmouth him today who damn to those music. And before I move on, I want to be sure to tell people that it is okay when those songs came out to have liked it. It is okay to say that he's a musical genius. It is okay to say that, you know, 12 Play was the jam. It is okay to say all that. It is also okay to say that he's a pedophile, that he's a monster, and that he belongs in prison. All of those things can be true. But Little Boosie said, pretty much said, that he would crush. Let me and let me read it right. Beyonce, Michael Jackson, and Stevie Wonder. I think his music is pretty good. Um, I'll be the first to tell you, but there's no way he's touching what Beyonce has did. No way. And when I say he's not touching what Beyonce did, I'm saying this to the fact that Beyonce is third on that list of people that he mentioned. Um, he has nothing. For Michael Jackson. Absolutely nothing. Michael Jackson can bring his 90 hits and wipe R. Kelly out in a versus battle. Um, we're not even talking about what he did in the 80s. Michael Jackson's can exclude Thriller and um, Off the Wall and still crush R. Kelly. And if you're going to include Thriller, if you're going to include Off the Wall, what does he have to answer PYT? R. Kelly has nothing to answer to PYT. He cannot answer Thriller. He cannot answer Beat It. He cannot answer Off the Wall. He cannot answer The Girl Is Mine. He cannot answer The Love You Save. He cannot answer Dancing Machine. He cannot answer Enjoy Yourself. Like, you are not alone. Scream. What is R. Kelly going to bring out against that? And don't even get me started on Stevie Wonder. Songs in the key of life, like, what does he have for that lady? I mean, excuse me, that girl. Isn't she lovely? As Sir Duke, joy inside my tears. I just called. What these three words, what inhibitions can R. Kelly answer with? Step in the name of love? 
Sadie, maybe, maybe Sadie, and that's a Mother Day song, but I'm pretty sure Stevie Wonder can fart songs out better than that. And you no, know, I enjoy that song, but that song touches nothing in Stevie's catalog. You're basically getting R. Kelly embarrassed. And why would you set him up for that embarrass with embarrassment with all the other stuff this man has going on in his life right now? So I need people to slow up, bring it back in a little bit. Um, no, R. Kelly does not have that type of catalog. You need to start putting R. Kelly up against guys like, I don't know, JoJo and Casey. Um, but Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Stevie Wonder, Prince. Nah, he's not in that class. And again, I say Beyonce understanding the fact that Beyonce kind of doesn't belong in that in that list. And I enjoy Beyonce. I am a card-carrying member of the Hive. But facts is facts. It's, it is what it is. So let's lay off the alcohol a little bit, fellas. Think about these matchups that make sense, okay? Chris Brown cannot go up against Usher. I know we all love, I know you guys love Chris Brown. He dances like Michael Jackson. He can moonwalk, but he has nothing for Usher. That catalog is just extremely too strong. When you're talking about Usher B-side hits being as good as Chris Brown's main hits, when you're talking about throwaway hits that Stevie, Prince, MJ threw away, that just they just made being better than anything on R. Kelly's main um, catalog. It's just not a fair fight. Okay. We're going to take a commercial break after that, after this. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a little justice issue that the White House has right now. All that on the Ty Digger Show. Be back in a moment. Lafayette Park. Let us not be distracted by you or my GOP colleagues as to what these powerful and massive protests were actually about. They were about the persistent killing of black bodies by law enforcement. And finally, finally, an awakening in America of the conscience of our country. And yet your response, Mr. Barr, was to direct federal officers to close in on the protesters and to use shields offensively as weapons, tear gas, pepper balls, irritants, explosive devices, batons, and horses to clear the area just so the president could get a photo op. So I do want to ask you, do you think that your response, do you think the response at Lafayette Square to tear gas, pepper spray, and beat and protesters and injure American citizens who were just simply... Uh, exercising their First Amendment rights was appropriate? Well, first, it's my understanding that no tear gas was used on Monday, June 1st. And Mr. Barr, that is a semantic distinction that has been proven false by many fact-checkers. How, how is it semantic? Tear gas is a particular compound. You talked about chemical irritants, and it has been proven false by reports. So just answer the question. Do you well, think that think it's appropriate at Lafayette Park to pepper spray 
tear gas and beat protesters and injure American citizens? Well, I don't accept your characterization of what happened, but as I explained, the effort there was... Uh, Mr. Barr, I just asked for a yes or no, so let me just tell you, I'm starting to lose my temper. According to sworn testimony before the House Natural Resources Committee by Army National Guard Officer Adam DeMarco, who was there, this was, quote, an unprovoked escalation and excessive use of force against peaceful protesters. Well, I don't Numerous remember, media I don't remember reports DeMarco as being in, I Mr. Don't Barr, DeMarco excuse me, being this is my time. Sir, sir, the president told governors on a telephone call that the way to deal with the protesters of police brutality and systemic racism like in Lafayette Square is that, quote, you have to get much tougher. You have to dominate. If you don't dominate, you're wasting your time. These are terrorists. And he also talked about you on that call, sir. Here's what he said. He said, the attorney general is here, Bill Barr, and we will activate Bill Barr and activate him strongly. Do you remember that call, Mr. Barr? Yes, I did, but he wasn't talking about protesters. He was talking Mr. about Mr. Barr, rioters. apparently the president believes that you can be activated to implement the president's agenda and dominate American people exercising First Amendment rights if they're protesting against him. But let's look at how you respond when the protesters are supporters of the president. On two separate occasions, after President Trump tweeted, liberate Michigan to subvert stay home orders to protect the public health of people in Michigan, protesters swarmed the Michigan Capitol carrying guns, some with swastikas, Confederate flags, and one even with a dark haired doll with a noose around its neck. Are you aware that these protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded? No. You're not aware of that? I was not aware of that. Major protests in Michigan. You're the attorney general, and you didn't know that the protesters called for the governor to be lynched, shot, and beheaded. So well, obviously you couldn't be concerned about that. Well, there are a lot you, of protests around the United States, and... Uh, on June Attorney 1st, General Barr, I was worried about the District of Columbia, which is federal. In certain parts of the country, you're very aware of those, but when protesters with guns and swastikas and Confederate flags, excuse me, Mr. Barr, this is my time and I control it. You are aware of certain kinds of protesters, but in Michigan, when protesters carry guns and Confederate flags and swastikas and call for the governor of Michigan to be beheaded and shot and lynched, somehow you're not aware of that. Somehow you didn't know about it, so you didn't send federal agents in to do to the president's supporters what you did to the president's protesters. In fact, you didn't you didn't put pepper balls on those protesters. So the point I'm trying to make here, Mr. Barr, that I think is very important for the country to understand is that there is a real discrepancy in how you react as the attorney general, the top cop in this country, when white men with swastikas storm a government building with guns, there is no need for the president to, quote, activate you because they're getting the president's personal agenda done. But when black people and people of color protest police brutality, systemic racism, and the president's very own lack of response to those critical issues, then you forcibly remove them with armed federal officers, pepper bombs, because they are considered terrorists by the president. 
you take an aggressive approach to Black Lives Matter protests, but not to right-wing extremists threatening to lynch a governor if it's for the Trump's, if it's for the president's benefit. Did I get it right, Mr. Barr? I have responsibility for the federal government, and the White House is the seat of the executive Mr. Barr, let me branch, just make it clear: you are the, supposed the to Michigan represent authorities the can people handle, of the United Michigan States of America, not violate people's First Amendment mm -hmm. rights. You and are they, supposed to uphold democracy and secure equal justice under the law, not violently dismantle certain protesters based on the president's personal agenda. Gentlelady's time has expired. As I made clear, uh, moving uh, H Street out to I Street as the perimeter was a decision made uh, the, the day before. It was justified by the extreme rioting that was going on around the White House. I don't remember Captain DeMarco who is the same Captain DeMarco who ran as a Democratic candidate for Congress in Maryland, even being close to the discussions as to what was going on. Now, the fact is that the movement was not geared to the behavior of that particular crowd. It was geared to the fact that we were moving the perimeter out so we could put a fence up on H Street, by H Street. Uh, so, but it, it, it is a fact that the park police reported, and I saw myself projectiles being f thrown uh, from that crowd. So I did not consider them peaceful, at all peaceful protesters. Did he bother paying attention to um, how the police escalated the situation? Um, and you kind of heard him admit to why they didn't um, say anything to the Michigan um, people. To, they didn't say anything to the Trump supporters who stormed the Michigan Capitol with guns and swastikas who said the governor should be beheaded because, and you know why they want to do all this? He's not allowing them to go out willy-nilly without their mask. Ladies and gentlemen, remember what I talked about at the beginning about our kids are not going to be able to enjoy their fall sports in their school years? It's because of situations like that. It's because of entitled people um, who feel like they don't want to be told what to do, but they're being told what to do to protect them. People are trying to protect these people. You know how I many COVID-19 cases came from that? Um, a ton came from that. And for the fact that the Trump administration did not assert its quote-unquote, dominance towards those people should tell you a lot. This bar's statements sound totally out of Trump's playbook. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump wrote that, wrote his responses for them, for him. Um, he's nothing more than a talking head, and, and, and it's an evil person. To be to turn the military, to turn the police onto protesters, people who are peacefully protesting, and they're, protest, they're protesting violence towards citizens in this country and how do the police respond by attacking them they pretty much they pretty much told the world that you know what these people are protesting for a reason they um unleash uh pepper spray uh rubber balls rubber bullets at uh protesters um they're firing directly at their heads which you should not do those beanbags are not meant to be fired at people's heads and faces and things like that. And people are being permanently blind. Um, again, we talked about in the show about the guy in Buffalo who pretty much had his skull cracked open because of some overzealous cops and a lot of people 
quit because they didn't want the cops um punished. They felt like the cops were wrong. They were, they were wrong in punishing the police officers who attacked that man. And that man is white. So basically you're telling me you're going to resign because you feel like you should have the right to beat up on people. Um this administration is evil. Like these men do not deserve rest after they leave office. We should be reminding them every time they try to do something, we should be bringing this stuff up. Kavanaugh, Barr, um, Manafort, um, Stone, Trump, Pence, Huckabee. These people should never, and I mean ever, Lindsey Graham, uh, Mitch McConnell, these men and women should not be allowed off the hook. They should be reminded of their wrongdoings to the end of time. And shout out to Pramila J. J. Paul, um, who's a U.S. representative for the Washington 7th Congress, Congress, Congressional District, um, for calling him out on that. He deserved to be called out. And we need more of that. Every time a Trump candidate or a Trump nominee gets up on TV, there should be a Democrat right there asking them them questions. And we should not get to the point of we can't ask these questions because we don't want to seem diverse, diverse, um, divisive, excuse me. We don't want to seem like we're separating people and we're making a big deal about nothing. No, this is a big deal and it needs to be continued to be repeat. And wherever these people go, it needs to be thrown back into their faces. So shout out to uh, Congresswoman Jerry Paul. Um, more people need to speak up. Um, more people need to talk about this. We, this should not be quieted. And speaking of evil, um, the Trump administration is reviving its efforts to end or at least significantly scale back a program that shields young, undocumented immigrants from deportation after they clearly lost this first round in the Supreme Court. They're pretty much saying that they're not going to listen to the Supreme Court. Um, a senior administration official said the government would not be accepting new applicants while it conducts a review of the Obama-era Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. This move is expected to spur a new round of legal challenges, with California Attorney General Xavier Becerra releasing a statement saying he will be ready. The court has spoken, uh, Becerra said. DACA is in full effect, including for new applications. We are ready if the Trump administration tries to block or dismantle DACA. We know what it takes to defend DACA. We've done it before and we'll do it again if necessary. Um, you're sending these kids, these kids uh, come with their parents to the United States for a land of opportunity. It's what we broadcast. It's our advertisement to the world. And you see, you don't see these movement shut down for people of European descent that come to this country. It's only people of Latino and um, African or Asian descent. And it's time for it to stop. These kids deserve the opportunity to make something of themselves in this country. And the fact that the administration is willing to send them right back into a situation that could be life-threatening to them, to send them back without their parents, it's, yo, I don't understand how these people sleep at night. And I think it's time to call them for what they are, evil. It's time to call them racist. Do not listen to them sit there and scream that they're not racist or I have a black friend. No, 
they're racist. And it's time for people in this country, and I said this before, you cannot straddle the fence on this. You're either calling them racist or you're supporting what they did. Trump was quiet while neo-Nazis surrounded a federal building. People carrying swastikas and Confederate flags surrounded a federal building talking about lynching a governor of this country. Um, any other time that had the National Guard storming, but they're sending federal troops, they're sending, not federal troops, excuse me, federal agents and federal police officers into cities where Black Lives Matter protests are going on. And we just now seen a story where um, one of the riots was started by a person that was part of the right, uh, right-wing group. He could have possibly be a cop because guess what? Those groups are pretty much the same for the most part. So I, I think we need to be clear that when we talk about um, these people, we need to be okay with calling them for who they are. History is going to judge these men and women harshly. And there's no, it's not going to be any way for them to turn around and say, you know what, let me rebrand myself. And we should not allow them to be rebranded. We should continue to push against that. I think this country is great. I think this country has the ability to be great again. Um, but it's not going to be great while those people are in office. And Biden wins. If Biden wins, he has a lot of work to do. Again, I challenge uh, Joe Biden. If he wins, he can't get in the office talking about um, let's coast, let's uh, compromise, let's um, reach a hand across the aisle. No, the Republican Party um, eliminated that a long time ago. And when he gets in, he needs to undo a lot of that. If we can flip the Senate, the Democrats need to undo a lot of the damages. And as far as I'm concerned, a lot of those men belong in prison. Um, so that's pretty much what I have to say on that. Um, but before we move on, uh, I want to talk about um, happy part. Nah, I want to I want to keep it light a little bit as we end this um, as we end the show and thumbs up to you guys. Thumbs up to the people who listen to this show. Um, even if you don't listen, I'm rooting for you. And I'm seeing a lot of creativity. And, and to the people who have reached out to me and the people I've been able to reach out to you, um, I can't tell you the people who I've talked to. I can't tell you how important you have been to me over the last couple of months. Not being able to go out and not being able to travel to see friends and family has taken its toll on me a little bit. And just hearing your voices sometime, um, just seeing you hit me up on Facebook or Twitter and just saying the people who said happy birthday to me, the people who called and wished me happy birthday, it meant a lot than any physical present that um, a person can give. And I hope I've been that rock for you as well during this time. Um, take care of yourselves, people. And, and please, and please, please take care of the people that you love. See you Friday on the Ty Digger Show. Take care and have a great rest of the week. Today's shows come to you as a paid pro- pay progress from uh, Cantrell. 
shout out to you for helping us out doing what we need to do. Thank you.